0: of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone.
1: It's nice to have you with us. Welcome to Rivers of Living Water, And we're uh, prepared today to talk to you about a very important subject. And as we talked to you last week about the signs of the Lord's second coming, and we know that we need to be prepared for that coming. So what we're going to talk about today is being prepared for the Lord to come back. There must be a preparation in order for us to get in the right place that's kind of normal isn't it my wife and i were going to go to her 60th high school reunion and uh, so we had her bags all packed and in the car and and getting ready to go and our car acted up so we didn't get there we had we had to have a car that would take us to that place also we needed to have a map because it's always easier to have a map if you're going on a long distance and heaven is a long ways from some of us it doesn't have to be and we can be close we can be right there all the time in a sense but the main place that i'm talking about the heaven that is for eternity, we need to be prepared for that. Just like my wife and I had to be prepared to go to her 60th high school reunion, so we need to be prepared to meet God when he returns. Now that return could be any time. So I just want to encourage you to listen to what we have to say that what I'm telling you today is very much the way that it ought to be. Now, another thing is if we're going to make it to our destination, we do have to have a good map. And we could be dressed up so nice and everything would be just fine. The car would be fine. It would be filled with gas. And, you know, a car is no good if it doesn't have some gas in it. And all that could be just fine, but if I decide, well, this map uh, looks kind of old and torn and wore out, so I'm not going to use that map. I'm just going to make one as I go along. And so if I had decided that I was going to go from Kansas over to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I threw the map away and decided I'd head south rather than north, I would have never gotten there. As good as my intentions may have been, and as much as I might have thought that I was going to make there, make it there, I would not have done it. And we know that as being a common thing, don't we? If I'm going to go to Europe, I wouldn't get in an airplane that was headed for Russia. Um, I mean, that would be Europe. Let's say I was going to go to London, England. Then I most certainly would not be thinking about going to Russia. And so so many times, you know, we're kind of... We think, well, I can just go to heaven. All all roads lead to heaven. Uh, Just think about that for a while. Is there any other place, I mean a real place where you can go with all kinds of roads going to the same place. If you're sitting in one location, you're going to have to head for that right place or you'll never get there. Heaven is a very real place. It's not something in the minds of people or something written in a book that was written centuries ago, but it is a very real place. And today I want to talk to you and show you just exactly how to get there. Now, we can be heading what we think is in the right place as well, and we can be lost. And have you ever had that experience where, you know, you're driving down the road and, and your companion is sitting beside him and she's got the mat, and you're driving down the road and she says I don't think we're going to go we're going according to this map and you say well I'm doing all right and a lot of people are like that you know they think they're going to heaven they say oh I'm doing okay Uh, don't talk to me about that I'm I'm doing fine but they're on the wrong road and eventually you look up and you say well sure enough I am on the wrong road so what do you do do you just keep driving down the wrong way? You have to turn around, don't you? If you're going to really get to the right place, you're going to have to do some backtracking. And, you know, another thing about getting to heaven is that it's a continual drive. I could drive just halfway there, and if that's all the further I drove, and I decide, well, I'm getting a little tired. I don't think I'll go the rest of the way. We'd never get there either. Even though you were going in the right direction, you have to keep going until you get to your destination. Now, along the way, you have to take some rest if it's a long distance. And from Kansas to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we would have had to have made some stops along the way. So What do we do? We have to stop in order to get some food and we have to stop to rest and God has providing all this for us. He's made provision along the way that we can eat and get some rest and whatever we need to do on our way to heaven. Getting there takes one thing but once we get there, It'll be worth the trip. It'll be worth the time, worth the effort, worth the preparation. It'll be worth everything. Now, some people say, well, heaven's one thing, but I want to make the best of the life that I have now. And so I'm going to just do the best I can here as long as I can. And just before I die, I'm going to get all prepared and I'm going to go to heaven. I wouldn't chance that too much. First of all, we don't know when Jesus is going to come back. And he could even come back before I get finished talking. And also, we don't know if if we thought we were getting ready that we would be able to. If we have have developed the kind of attitude that we're going to do it this way, How do we really know that we're going to be feeling like getting ready for heaven when we're half dead? I don't think that that is a good idea, to wait until that time as well, because we just don't know what the condition is. And another thing is, you may not have a chance. You might be driving down the road thinking everything's going to be all right, and someone comes out of a side road mashes into to you, and you are dead just like that without hardly even realizing what happened to you. Now, I'm not trying to scare you. What I'm trying to do is get you to think about what do we really need to do in order to get ourselves ready and get in the attitude of getting ready we have to have an attitude. We have to have a reason for doing that. We, when my wife and I were going to go to Wisconsin, we had a reason for going there. We wanted to be with some friends of my wife's that we hadn't seen for 10 years, 5, 10 years. And so we were looking forward to it. And as much as we may be looking forward to getting to heaven, we've, like I said, we've got to have a lot of things in place. And each one of those things that I was telling you about is the very things that we're going to need to do in order to get to heaven. We have to have, be packed up and have the right things in our suitcase. We have to have a vehicle to take us there. The vehicle has got to have some gas in it in order to get there. We have to be able to take some rest areas from time to time and get some food to keep us strong while we're going, and we need to have a map that will get us there. It's the same thing with getting to heaven. So, first of all, we... We need to think about where are we now? That, that's the first thing in order to get some from one place to the other is to ask ourselves, where am I? Where am I at this present time? That's going to determine the direction you go. In, say that I was in California rather than in Kansas as I am and say that I was going to Florida rather than to Wisconsin, that would have an entirely different um, direction for us to go, wouldn't it? So we have to know where we're at in order to know the direction we need to, to go to get to the place we're going to. And the other thing is we need to know what that place is. Where that place is, and you know, a lot of people think, well, heaven is here, heaven is there, heaven's like this, heaven's like that, and I had one person we were talking about, we were talking to that person to uh, about heaven and getting there and things like that, and we were describing what it was, and he said, well, I'm not going to go to that heaven, and so people think there's a lot of heavens, and each religion seems to have its own, And but there is only one of them that's going to really get there because heaven is one place, and it's the place where Jesus is at right now, sitting at the right-hand side of God, interceding for us. So as much as we may think that there is a lot of heavens. There really isn't. And we'll talk about these things more as we go through this program today. But uh, we're coming up on the break pretty soon here. When, and I do have, a, I can say probably a couple more things. But I want you to be thinking about this. And it is time for the break. And so this is Howard Eugene Wright. At Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com.
0: Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright.
1: Thanks for returning. I trust that the first part of our program has set the stage that will help you to know a little bit about how that you're going to prepare and get ready to meet God when He returns, which could be any time. Now let's take another incident. Say that you're setting you're standing on the beach and all at once the a bottle pops up and and you go out and get that bottle and you find that there is a note in it. And so you open the bottle you take the note and you look at it and it all looks kind of strange. But you're in good shape because there's another note that shows you exactly what all those symbols and everything means. So what are you going to do with that map that you have in your hand, it says X marks the spot. If you get here, there's a hidden treasure that you can have, and it's all yours just for the taking. But you have to get here, and you have to follow it according to the plan, uh, point by point, line by line, and it might be quite a distance that that you're going to have to go in order to get there. If you knew that there was an abundance of treasures in that place, what would you do? First of all, you might say, well, this is probably a trick from someone, and uh, I'm not going to fall for this. I've fell for those kind of things before, and I'm not going to fall for it again. And you throw it back in the ocean. Or you might say, this just might be the way uh, to get some treasure. And I'm going to believe that this map is right and that the code that is with the map is right. And uh, the code is written and the descriptions are in a language that you can understand. And so by taking the code with the map, you are able to find out exactly where that is at so again you have to make preparation you probably have to go over the ocean in order to get there and it may be rather treacherous sometimes getting there and you're going to have to have the income and everything in order to get your way over there and you don't know what you're going to have exactly when you get there but it was right in the middle of uh, a jungle where that there was all kinds of snakes and leeches and all kinds of wild animals that you had to uh, get away from and, and make sure that you didn't get eaten alive or, or uh, bit with a snake or uh, a number of other perils that you may have in order to get there. But if you knew that the treasure was there, would you take the risk and would you take the effort in order to get to that place where the treasure was at? And maybe the treasure is gold and silver and precious stones and all the niceties that you've always wanted and always yearned for. Yet, if you just held the map in your hand, and didn't do anything about it. You could daydream until you fell over dead, until your teeth started falling out and you didn't have an awful lot of hair either. You have to take that map and follow the directions. Just like I was telling you, when you take a journey, you have to do that. So that doesn't happen very often, does it? That you would have that such... uh, the chances of it happening are probably a million to one or better of it ever anything like that ever happening to you but if it did perchance i think most of us would find a way to get to the area and we would be prepared to face the enemies that are around that would try to keep us from getting there and so it's the same way today there is Uh, a bottle, so to speak, that's been given to us, and in that bottle is not only the map to get to heaven, but it also gives a lot of information, and it's in a language that all of us can understand. The code, it has been decoded, and what is that map that we have that will give us a clear direction that is in the language that we can understand for the Christ for the person that is the Bible you know and when we see the Bible we can take it and we can say well yeah I, I fell for that stuff along and we can throw it away there are people you know that want to trash the Bible they want to trash everything the Bible says. And they'll never get to the treasure because they didn't trust the map that would take them there. And the same way with on a journey, you have to have all those things in place that I was telling you about in the first part of our program today. But if you didn't do it, you would never get there. You have to take action on your own in order to get there. And so what does the Bible tell us that we need to know in order to get prepared to meet God when Jesus returns? And as we have told you, Jesus is God. And the Holy Spirit is God, and God the Father as well. So, first of all, we need to realize that we've been possibly, very possibly, been driving the wrong direction. We've been driving in the wrong way. And the Bible tells about that on three incidents. In Luke chapter 15, and I'm looking at my Bible now. That's the reason I'm looking down. Uh... I have my Bible in my lap here, and so it tells us first about sheep. And you know, I was thinking about sheep. Sheep are not beasts of burden. Sheep need to be attended to. They they can't be out there by themselves. They need constant attention. They're not like a mule, that a pack mule, you know, that you can pack them down with a lot of weight. They need to have uh, a pastor that, that they don't eat the wrong things and they need to be protected from the enemy. And the Bible refers to God's people as sheep and refers to Jesus as the good shepherd. So here the shepherd is out there and he finds that he has one sheep missing. He has a hundred altogether, and he counts them, and there's he gets down to the end, and, and there's only 99. And so he thinks, well, maybe I better try again. So maybe one was hiding behind the other one or something. So he counts again, and sure enough, there's only 99. And those sheep are in the pasture, and, and they're uh protected and everything so what does the good shepherd do he goes out and looks for the sheep that is lost if the sheep is not in the fold then it's lost and not only that it's in danger it's in danger of being devoured by the enemy or, or getting in a position maybe falling off the side of a mountain or whatever but the shepherd the good shepherd cares for that one sheep as much as he does for the ninety and nine that are in the fold. So he goes out looking for it. And eventually, he. the Bible tells us here in the 15th chapter of Luke, it says he found it. And when he finds the sheep, what does he do? Does he reprimand the sheep? Does he tell you nasty sheep and breaks a few of his legs and what have you? No, he doesn't do that. He puts the sheep on his shoulders. That's uh, So the sheep was weary and needed to be carried. So he carries the sheep, and he's rejoicing all the way that he found his sheep that was lost. And when he founds it, he goes home, and he calls all of his friends and neighbors together, and and they rejoice together that they found that one sheep that was lost. And then... Here's the whole thing of it. Jesus is giving these parables that I'll be giving to you. One of them is not a parable, but he says this. He says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. The Lord wants us to turn away from our lost condition. Like I was telling you, if we're going down the wrong road, we've got to turn that vehicle around and go the right way. And the Bible also tells us that all we like sheep have gone astray; that we all turned to our own ways. So when He finds a sheep, He's rejoicing, and He is rejoicing with his neighbors he's he's not hiding it and he gets the sheep back into the fold and everything is happy and rejoicing and so that's the way god is he's out there looking for the sheep he's looking for the lost sheep and when he finds you when he finds that lost sheep he's rejoicing for sure and so god is looking today for people that are lost and that means all of us we're up on our next break so this is Howard Eugene Wright hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com
0: This is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright.
1: We're glad to have you with us, and and I trust that you're beginning to understand and realize what it's going to take in order to get prepared with God. And we noticed in this parable of the shepherd and the sheep, and he he had 99 that didn't need any care as much as the one that was lost. And like I told you, we're not beasts of burden, so Jesus doesn't want to burden us down with a lot of things. He wants us to be out in the fold with with him, taking care of them, with his rod and with his staff. And uh, we read about that in, in Psalm 23 which a lot of you can quote it by heart and so what happened at this time the sheep just wandered away sometimes people just wander away maybe they've had better times with the lord than they do now but things have come into their life and burdens have come into their life and and they've just kind of wandered away from the fold they were in the fold but They wandered away from it, and now they're out there in treacherous, dangerous places, and the shepherd is looking for you. And Jesus is looking for you today. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, is what he told people back in those days. So the sheep just wandered away. Now, here's another incident. Starting at verse 8 in this chapter, and it talks about a woman that had 10 pieces of silver, and she lost one. And so I understand that this has to do with a marriage covenant. And, you know, today the marriages have just been kind of falling apart, and, and the family is under attack. I don't think you have to be a genius to figure that out. And the family is the main; it's the main thing of the whole society. If the family falls apart, then everything else in that society is going to fall apart too. So we've got to respect what God has given us as far as our family is concerned. But here, the woman was; she lost one of them. She had nine. Some people say, well, I'm almost uh, getting ready for heaven. I'm almost there, and so why fuss about the one? But the one may be the very one that you need in order to finish the covenant. If she lost one of those, then part of the covenant was being broken. We're not sure just what part of the covenant that was. It might have been she was looking at people in a way that she shouldn't be, Maybe she was being lured away at work or, or something like that. And, and uh, you know, a lot of women are out working today. And, But uh, whatever the incident was, she lost one of those. And so what was she? She realized that. So what did she do? She lit a candle and she began to sweep around and to seek diligently that which she lost. It might have been just through carelessness or or something like that, you know, not just paying attention as much as, as she should have been. But she realized that I really lost something of value when I lost that. And when we lose a marriage, we have really lost something of value. And you just can't replace a good marriage to have a companion that really loves you And it's willing to stand by you and things like that. There's just nothing to take the place of that. And if you have such a marriage, you are indeed very blessed. But you never can relax and think that you have it made. There's a lot of temptations out there. And if you're careless, you'll lose part of it. And maybe the most important part of all of it. And things start going downhill. So she realized she needed to find it. And what did she do? She was up day and night. She lit a, she lit a candle. She wasn't going to quit until she got that piece back. And what happened when she got it back? Said so she called her friends and called her neighbors around. And she was rejoicing that she had found that piece that was lost. And when a marriage has fell apart and you take a diligence that you're going to get that marriage back together. And, you know, the Bible tells us that we are the bride of Christ. And so here is a place that that as the bride of Christ, if we've been careless in our relationship with the Lord, we haven't taken time to. Spend some time with the Lord. We've just allowed things to come into our life and we've, it's been, our real relationship with the Lord has been crowded out. We need to get it right because God does not want us to be lukewarm or just halfway committed. He wants us to be fully committed to Him. This woman did the right thing in making the search as she did because she found it. And it was a rejoicing time indeed. And so Jesus says, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. There's a lot that is pulling for you, a lot that is working on your behalf in order to help you to have that relationship with the Lord that he wants you to have in both of these instances we find that the sheep was in the fold but he got out by wandering he thought maybe the grass was better on the other side and before he knew it he was out of the fold and into danger and when the shepherd realized that he went to find him God is looking for those who have backslidden from him today and then the woman when she realized what she had lost, she went out to find it. And like we told you, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. And so then we have the next thing, and I think I have time to start on part of this. We have what is referred to as the prodigal son. And This is a different story indeed. And this starts on at verse eleven of Luke chapter fifteen. And um so we have the Son and we have the Father, and then we have another son. Now the other son is the older son, so he gets twice as much as the younger one does, but the younger one, like so many this is an example of a young person that is in the father's house. Maybe he's been in the church for uh, all of his life. He was maybe baptized and, and confirmed and, and uh, was in the church all of his life. But one day he wanted to go out and see what the rest of the world was like. Maybe the pastor's son or a pastor's daughter. And they were in kind of a sheltered life. And they got into school and got in with the wrong crowd. And and they decided that maybe I just want to explore a little more than what my parents have been teaching me and, and the environment that I'm in. I want to go out and see the world. And so this is what this young fellow did. He Not too much different than than we are today. And so he goes to his father and he says, Father, I want my portion of the goods that falls me. He wanted his inheritance now. Isn't that a typical thing with some people? They, they just kind of want want it now. They don't want to wait. Just give it to me now. I don't want to spend the effort. I don't want to spend the time. I don't want to drive down the road. I just want you to, to just take and throw me over there right now I don't want to go through the, the time of having to all that kind of a thing and just drop me down there. And so many people like that today, I want it right now. I don't want to spend the effort on it. I don't want to spend the time on it. I don't want to have to make any uh, allowances. I don't want to have to make any kind of sacrifice. I'll just do it the way I want to do it. And so he came to his father, and that's exactly what he was saying, you know, just divide what belongs to him. It belonged to him all right. It was, it was his inheritance. He had a, a third of, of uh, all of the father's property. The father didn't uh, say, son, you ought to think this over a little bit, don't you think? No, he just divided it. And we all have a free will. And we can make up our mind as to which way we're going to do and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and all of these kind of things. But there is a good way and there's a bad way. There's a high road and there's a low road. And for some people, there's no road. And they just go any direction that feels good. And just go out and do it and that never has worked look at the history you'll find out that these kind of actions and attitudes never have worked they've always taken people downhill but some people think well that might have happened to others but it won't happen to me i can i can beat this i'm i can i'm smarter than they were i'm i can uh, get around those things that that they fell into, and so some people go out and start being really mean and vicious, robbing banks and what have you, and uh, getting on the internet and soliciting children like we heard about just a while ago and all these kind of things are going on right now while I'm talking because people have left God out of their life and they think that I can just do it the way I want to but we're going to find out in the last part of our segment here, what really happened to this son and how he recovered himself and how people today, maybe they just thought that they could just go their way and disregard God or even say God didn't doesn't exist and that doesn't make any difference either. We can say Washington, D.C. doesn't exist and the way it's working acting today, maybe some of us wish that they did just kind of at least learn how to be decent to one another. But you know, saying that doesn't make it that way. So we're ready for our next break. And I'm Howard Eugene Wright, hosting Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com.
0: Now. More rivers of living water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright.
1: Thanks for staying with us. I trust that what we've been saying has been making a lot of sense to you and that you realize that there is a way that seems right to a person, but the end thereof may be the ways of death. Many people are on the wrong road today, either by Uh, carelessness, as we talked about the woman, or they're there because of wondering, and they just kind of drifted away from uh, what they had learned maybe when they were younger. In Sunday school class, they heard about those things, but they felt that, well, we're in an adult world, this is fine for children, but it wasn't, it won't help me, and so they've just Kind of wandered away from it. But this young man that we're talking about, this man that referred to as the rich, as the uh, prodigal son, he intentionally and on purpose decided he was going to go his way. And it's always dangerous when we decide to go our way because our way is a corrupt way to start with. We need someone else that can help us. To go a better way and before I go any further I want you to tell to tell you that Jesus said I am the way, the truth and the light, that no one comes to God the Father except through God the Son. I didn't make that rule, that's the way it is. And that's the vehicle that we get to heaven is the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin the power that gets us there is the Holy Spirit in our our lives and enables us to have the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And that love of God is the rivers of living water that I've been telling you about. And so, um, we can go the way of this prodigal son and we can say we're going to do it our way or we can take and do it God's way if we do it the prodigal son's way, we're going to find out that he really got in a mess. And if we do it God's way, we're going to find out that that was the best way after all, all along. We see both of these in the prodigal son. First, he goes down to the bottom. Then he comes back up to the top. And that, you know, if we have gotten to the bottom, it's no disgrace if we realize that, what we've got ourselves into and are willing to go back to our father's house. And God will be waiting for us when we come back. But the young man, he said, give me my inheritance. Give me what's due to me. And uh, so many people today are, give me what is mine. I, I want uh, this, and, and that one is mine, and this one's mine. And so he did that, and he went out. And he got involved in all kinds of riotous living, which means he went. He was really living it up, is what some people would say. Some so many times the joy hour, the happy hour, turns out to be the mournful hour the next day. You know. So here he was. He had taken his journey. He went away into a far country, and when we get into that kind of living, We're into a far country away from our Heavenly Father's house, which is where heaven is at. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And Jesus is coming back. But it was a far country. He wasted what he had. How many people have wasted what they had? They had good health. They've had a nice family setting and everything else. But they went out and they wasted it. And then worse than that, he, he spent all that he had. A famine came up in the land. He was really wanting. Everything was falling apart for him. And in that poor country, you know, that's kind of the way it is. And he began to be in want. He was getting hungry. He wasn't getting... And, On top of that, all of his friends left him, so he didn't have anything left. So he joined himself to a citizen of that country. And probably we could say that that was the devil in this particular setting here. And so he got into that, and and he ended up feeding swine. That's the worst thing a Jew could get involved in. And this was a Jewish young man. And here he was out there, Feeding the pigs. And that's what happens when we decide to go our own way and live it up and have a so-called good time. And then he would have, he would have just filled his stomach with the husk of the pigs, the pig slop. The lights of the world tell us, oh, just come over here. This is the most beautiful place. You'll just have such freedom. You'll have such victory. And so many people have gone that way, and they found out that they're in the pig pen. And they're beginning to smell like the pig, and grunt even like the pig. And it's a pitiful place to be, and no place that anyone should be. And no one really gave him anything. He was down and out, and, and they didn't care. And there's so many people on Skid Row today that are in the same condition that this young man was, but I'm glad that there is a rescue mission around that people can be delivered in the in Christ Jesus, and so isn't it? Uh, the first thing we got to do when we get in that kind of position is not to keep on being stubborn, but to come to ourselves to realize that hey, this is not working and this won't work because i'm in the wrong vehicle i've put the wrong fuel in it i'm following the wrong map and i'll never get to my heavenly home by doing this and here i am worse than that i'm in the pig pen i'm in i'm eating a pig slop and and so what do you do he he finally came to himself and that is the most blessed wonderful thing that can happen to a person in a condition like this is to come to themselves. And he got to thinking, My father's hired servants are better off than I am. They have bread enough, they have food enough, and here, and they have some left over. And here I am, I'm perishing with hunger. There's so many people that are hungry for the Lord today, and they don't know what they're hungering for, even. And may the Lord help us to come to ourselves and to realize that we our Father in heaven has the least that he has is better than what we have today. And so he said, I'm going to go back to my father. I'm going to return. I'm going to rise up. And we need to rise up. And we need to return. He said, I'm going to my father and I'm going to say to him, I've sinned against you against heaven, and I've sinned before you. See, the Lord sees what we're doing. He knows that we're sinning before him. and But it's good for us to know that until we know that we're in in bad shape. But he, he wasn't going back and say, whoopee, Father, I'm back with you. Aren't you glad that I came back? No, he went crawling back. And sometimes it isn't too bad to go do some crawling, to crawl back. And so he he uh, went humbly back, and here he was. He, he said, and and am no more worthy. He comes to his father, and he says, I'm going to say to my father, I'm no worthy more worthy to be your son. Just make me one of your hard servants. So here he is. He came to himself. He realized what was going on, and he, he rose up, and he went back to his father. And, to his surprise, the father was waiting for it. The father didn't say, "Well, son, you're not my son anymore you You messed it up. go lay in your bed you You made your bed No, he didn't say that He said when the father saw him afore all, the Father was out there looking for him all the time, and like I told you, Jesus is going around seeking those which are lost and so he sees him before all, and when the Father saw him, he had compassion on him. God has compassion on us. That's the reason he sent Jesus, that we might have life and have abundant life. He, has, he loves us. He, can, he has compassion on us. And when we come running to him, and the Father comes running to to us, and so the Father ran, and he threw his arms around his neck, and he began to kiss him. He was so excited that the son had come back. And so he brings the son back into his, his house. And, and the son says, uh, Father, I've sinned against you and in your sight. And I'm no more worthy to be called your son. And the Lord didn't, you know, the, the father didn't allow him to get the rest of it out of his mouth. And so the father said, that's, that's good enough for me. You come humbly before the Lord. If you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, He'll lift you up. And so the Father had a feast for him. He, He reinstated him back into the family. And, uh, that is a wonderful thing indeed when we're reinstated back into the family of God. God is here today and He wants us to turn back to Him and be reinstated back into his kingdom back into his family. if we're willing to do that then God will do just that he took the old garment off the old probably gave him a good bath you know and he uh, fixed him all up, put a ring on his hand and put shoes on his feet and and um, made him look like the royalty again back in his father's house. And God does just that. He makes us new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away and all things become new. I want to encourage you this week to prepare to meet your God if you haven't already. If you have, then go out and find someone that hasn't and help them to make to prepare themselves to meet God because he is coming soon. I thank you for being with us today, and we need to sign off. And so this is uh, Howard Eugene Wright signing off with Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com.